Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on, dude? What's up? Hey, man, nice meeting you. There you go. What's up, man? I'm Jordan. Anu, pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, yeah. Hi, welcome, welcome, Jordan. So this is our 93rd episode you're on, Jordan. Sweet. And it's been a minute since I've seen you. How you doing? Good, man. Staying busy. Staying busy. Some kind so. of, you know, you know, holidays are always just kind of crazy in general. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just, yeah, staying busy, you know, trying to figure out some new, or not some new stuff, but how to, I guess, improve, you know, in terms of like fighting and all that and finding ways to just get better at all of it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work, so it's it's trying to find you know more time into the day to do things. <laughs> Heck yeah! All right, so for our listeners that may not know you, I've trained with Jordan before. Jordan's a longtime martial artist. Tell them how long you've been doing martial arts, Jordan. So I started officially started training when I was three. My parents owned a, or my dad owns and still owns it, but owns a martial arts school in Poway, California, and that was open way before I was born. So. Basically, was born into it. You know, I did. I started gymnastics when I was two. Started karate when I was three. Did my first tournament when I was four. And so it was kind of, you know, it's just what I was brought up into. You know, so it's yeah, I'm 30 now. So obviously, about 27. You know, I'll be 31 in, in a few months. So about 27 years of doing martial arts, all sorts of different martial arts too. But the main background was American kenpo karate is what what we gr- grew up doing. And then throughout the years, you know, boxing. Muay Thai, wrestling, the occasional jujitsu class, you know, just to, just to get so, tapped out. <laughs> so your dad was trying to create like a super soldier, like he just put you in right away, like to make I, you amazing? I think so. Yeah, I know they were, I know him, uh, him and my mom were very like from the very beginning. I mean, they had, they had both had kids, you know, from previous marriages. And so this was, I think, the first time where they were like, like, okay, we're going to try to do it right you know is what is what my my mom has told me you know like you know just being healthy and they're healthy people already you know but they were a lot younger when they had my my older siblings so like they were you know a little more mature and and then yeah you know we had the we had the place to do it you know the facility and everything so the the biggest thing was it was my dad always said to us too it wasn't so much like for us to get good at other martial arts it was more like learn these martial arts so that if you ever have an encounter with somebody of a certain style, you can kind of know what they're thinking and what they're going. That way, so it was more for like our defense, not so much of like, hey, let's be good at all these fi- all these fighting, mm. you know, arts. It was more just like learn how to defend yourself. Like, hey, if you ever go against a boxer, this is what they do, right? Or a wrestler, this is what they do. So it was more That's for that. Smart. Actually. How early was that? Was that like early MMA days then, or pre MMA? Yeah, I mean, I was born in '93, which was okay. Wow, UFC, UFC, UFC one. Yeah, was '93. Mm-hmm. So and then my dad added a kickboxing program. So it had just been kar- a karate school for the whole time until I think it was '98. Added a karate pro- or sorry, a kickboxing program for a few years, and then we became the boxing club. We partnered with the the owner of the boxing club, and then for, since then it's always been. You know, we've had all the all the the arts we have right now. So, right on, yeah. right on. So, tell us about your family too. I mean, your brother, your sister, the, everyone's involved. 
Yes. Yeah. So my dad started the school right in 1984. And then my mom was training out in Texas where she's from a small town in Texas called Loveland, a little West Texas town. She was training out there. They met at a tournament in like, I don't know the exact year. It was like 88 or 89 or something. My mom flew out here with her instructor and a couple other people from Texas. It was at a tournament. I think that my dad was hosting actually. And they were both black belts at the time. Obviously, my dad had had the school for a couple of years. My mom was a black belt at the time too. And they met at the tournament. Basically, the story is like, there wasn't like, it wasn't like sparks flew all of a sudden. They had hung around each other for the weekends, you know, for the tournament. And then what my mom says is that she saw my dad do a karate form. And that's where she kind of was like, you know, hard eyes for him. <laughs> and so that's basically, they started talking, you know, fast forward a few years later, uh, my mom would move out move out here to San Diego with my older siblings, Josh and Jessica. And then, so like Jessica, she is a third degree black belt in American Kempo. And then she's also, I think of, I, I don't remember the, the terminology, Don and Shaolin Kempo. And then my brother is a six degree black belt in American Kempo. He did all the boxing. He did a lot of stuff growing up too. He was a lot like me where doing all the arts, just doing everything. Um, and then my brother's really, he's really involved in like USA boxing, like the amateur boxing scene. That's like his big thing, right? That's his passion is doing that. My sister's passion is doing like uh, kids programs, karate, agility, those types of things. And yeah. And then, so like my mom is also six degree black belt. She owns a, a boxing gym out of Texas. She moved back there about 15, 16 years ago. And then my dad is a, a ninth degree American Kempo black belt. Um, plus just, you know, he's done, he's also like a licensed acupuncturist and, you know, everyone's everyone's accomplished a lot so it's been it's a it's a cool family to have and then i have two other older siblings who they trained for a little bit they ended up just going you know just living somewhat more normal lives than we did (laughs) (laughs) so so did you always feel like even as a kid that this would be something you'd be doing like the path you're on right now like being a fighter like it's it's funny I, i forgot i was saying this to one of my buddies the other day he asked me a similar question i actually never in my life wanted to be a pro fighter okay it was never it was never like something like, oh, I'm going to be a fighter someday. Like that was like never my thing because I think growing up, I was just already doing it so much, you know? And also like, you know, we weren't really like, I think because, and too, because like I was, we were around so many fighters, like as, like for me as a kid, like, you know, guys that we had at the gym, we went to fights all the time. So like, I saw it like very, very early in my life where it was just kind of like, like it's, it's fun. I love being there, but it's just, I saw, I saw a lot of the, after effects of fighting mm. where, you know, I've like, you know, like close family friends who, you know, were just absolute badasses, you know, back in the day, but they have like severe head trauma and, you know, like, like really bad, like, you know, like don't even remember my name at times. Like these people, like I, I you know, I looked up to, I'd known my entire life. So I saw a lot of the health issues with it growing up and I just never like, you know, like I love fighting cause it's, well, it's martial arts. And I love it. But like, when you see the after effects of like people that you're close to, it's like in my head, it was just early on. It's like, man, this is just not even worth it. And so like I stopped competing, doing any sort of competition when I was 19 or 20. Uh, big part of it was because like, A, I was burnt out from just doing it my whole life. And then B, the only other route for me to go was to become like, you know, a, like a little, just not something that was just, you know, looked very welcoming. <laughs> okay. Um, Were you, 
were you consistent in your training? Because you said you started at like three. Like, is it something that you don't even remember choosing to do? Or were there like times like when you were in high school, you were like, ah, I'm just going to hang out and like, I did. slack off? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially in high school. But it was like, like as a kid, it was all I did, right? So it was just like, it was a part of like just my everyday routine was going to karate, doing this, doing that. Plus that's where all my friends were, you know, like I had friends at school. But the friends I had at, at the gym and stuff, those are like, you know, they were, we were all together all the time. So I, so I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed doing a lot of the stuff, you know, you know, I enjoyed going to tournaments almost every weekend with my family. Like that was fun, you know, and then you get, you start to, you get competitive and you get pretty good. And, you know, like, feel like as a kid, you know, like I get extra ice cream or, you know, whatever it was, I get video games if I do this and do that. And so my parents were pretty smart with, with making me compete and all that but when i got to high school so i got my black belt my first degree black belt when i was 14 which was the summer going into high my, my, my freshman year of high school so for that most part from like three to 14 it was just heavy heavy karate and then you know living in poway poway is known for its wrestling program i think like right now i mean this is the, the team we have right now is probably the best we've ever had but they're like number four in the country number one in the state like they're usually you know top three in the state every year. And one of those things, my dad was like, he's like, Hey, I want you, when you get to high school, he's like, I want you to wrestle at least your freshman year. He's like, just so you can experience it. He's like, and once again, it was the whole, like, if you ever have a situation with a wrestler, you, you can kind of know their thought process, what they're looking for. I didn't want to wrestle. I wanted to play basketball actually, because I don't know why to be honest, but <laughs> so basically my dad forced me to go to wrestle my freshman year. The entire year I was planning on quitting after my freshman year just because it was like it was just really hard at the uh, to be honest like re- wrestling is just hard you know i i think to this day i know i'm sure arturo can agree like just wrestling is just it's just, it's just different you know the 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 pace the intensity the just everything's just hard and it and it's it's hard on the body too and and so freshman year i just you know i just didn't want to do it and then the season's over and then i was like well i don't want to be a quitter so i kind of just kept going to wrestling and then so i ended up wrestling at poway all four years and then i ended up so like high school for me was it was like all wrestling and then like junior year i did a lot more is when we picked up like our mma program was pretty big at, at our gym at the time and so i did a lot more of like muay thai we had a coach who was like really really good like european like dutch style muay thai coach plus he also taught like he also did like sambo and he did a lot of other things. So, like, I was just doing everything. Like, my, everything was just, like, I wasn't even doing homework, really. I was just, like, just going to train <laughs> all the time. And so I did, like, I had, like, some pancreation fights when I was 16. And, like, pancreation then is a little bit different than it is now. Like, like I was 16. It's obviously amateur, right? We did we did regular MMA gloves, or like, six-ounce gloves, little extra padded ones. No headgear, no shin guards. It was basically just oh. a full MMA full MMA fight, but no head contact. Right. And so for, for no me, I was like, guards. that's kind of crazy too. No shin guards. Yeah. Yeah. So for me though, I was like, that was great. Cause it's like, you know, I still, I, you know, the head trauma thing was a big thing for me. So like, I was like, Oh heck yeah. Like I can just go kick the whole time. And I had enough wrestling to where like, I was like, I, I was comfortable with my defense. I didn't really do too much jujitsu. I did. I did a little bit of gi jitsu when I was, when I was a kid, but the, the, any of the jitsu I was doing at that time was just like in the MMA setting. And so I did that. And then also that same summer around that time, I went to Thailand for a few weeks. I trained there. My dad and my best friend, 
who's also like one of my main training partners came out. My dad has a, had a friend out there who's Vince Sobrano, who's like, I think he's like the first Chinese champion in Lupini Stadium in, in Thailand from San Diego. And so we visited him out there during his fight camp. So I got to go like stay at a Thai, a Muay Thai camp and train and just kind of do the whole thing. And that was like the most, I think the most pivotal moment of my life because like, you know, like I'm 16, I'm a black belt. I'm doing really well just at all the martial arts stuff I'm doing. I'm living in San Diego, Poway of all places, right? Like, like I don't know struggle at this point, to be honest, you know, unless it's like in a fighting situation. But going out there and seeing like the lifestyle of some of these guys and kids and how hard they train and how good they are at fighting and then just like how nice they were, it was just like the most humbling thing you could could see for 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 a young american you know going out to outskirts of bangkok and sleeping on a mattress that was pretty much like cardboard you know and in 200 percent humidity pretty much and so that was just kind of that was a very pivotal trip for me i i felt like that was like my my growing up trip was that one and then when i came back it was junior year of high school you know wrestling was picking up a little bit more my training was picking up a little bit more, you know, and then I ended up getting my second degree black belt that summer too. So it's the training stuff was like up and down. Like it was, it was more like if I wasn't doing karate, I was doing this. If I wasn't doing this, I was doing this. If I wasn't doing this, I was doing this. Like there was always martial arts. And through all of this, this whole time I was also teaching. Like we started teaching at the, at the karate school when we were pretty young. So like I was a kid teaching kids at times. So that, that leads me to a question. I'm sorry, Artur, if you had a question in mind, mm-hmm. but and let me know, Artie, if if it's different in jujitsu. But do you think like fourteen year olds or fifteen year olds should get black belts? Because in jujitsu, don't they hold you off like you could only get a blue belt at a certain age? Or no? IBJJ, IBJJF does, but like I don't know if like if you're not like IBJJF affiliated, like do you have to do that or not? I don't know. I'm just wondering because you're such a unique example. You're like started at three, you know, so you're like sixteen, yeah. but yeah. also you're still kind of a kid. It's you I know mean, what it is. Wasn't there like the Rutolo brothers or something? Like yeah, they, they went, were like super blue young. to black. Like like just yeah yeah really. <laughs> yeah they were they were those kids are freaking prodigies. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's like a mixture of things. It's like you know a you got to start young right, but b you have to be like incredibly consistent with it. You know like I mean uh, I know from just from teaching kids it's like you know you get kids that are they're into it for a couple of years and they go play basketball for a couple of years and then they come do this and they come do that like like karate was my sport, you know? So I was training five days a week for 10 years, pretty much, you know? But with karate though, like, like, you know, there's like set curriculum, like, Hey, learn this, show us that you know, it we will give you a stripe, learn this. So there's like a stripe system for all of our basics, all of our, all of our, you know, our, our forms are called katas, you know, where we learn everything for every list. And then you do your belt test. So people can get through it fairly quick at times if they know like the stripes that they have to learn, right? We do have like requirements that slow people down at times where it's like, hey, we need you to do, uh, you have to do a certain amount of competitions in order to get to a different rank. You have to do a certain amount of the boxing classes, kickboxing class. So you try to get everyone as well-rounded as possible. But, you know, for kids, like, like the cool thing was the, the, the kids program and the adult program and the karate is the exact it's just kids it's like a little bit more fun and a little bit more like colorful belts basically 
<laughs> we learn all the we learn all the exact same things as the adults do, and we do the exact same test, and we do it with the adults. So it's like with our system, you know, it's like if you, even if you're a kid, if you get your black belt when you're younger, it's like that's the real black belt. You know, there's no like junior black belts or any of that kind of stuff. So that's always cool. But, you know, it's, you know, I'm took me 10 years to do it, 11 years to do it, but I didn't have a choice. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's, there's just certain factors that have to play out in order for you to get it at that age. Basically. Now there's a lot of different forms of karate. Is there like a, like a federation, like a body that kind of controls overall what a curriculum should look like or anything like that or is it like different yeah i'm curious it's like 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 you know there's like the head guy who created the system ed parker right he was from this is obviously a long time he was actually one of elvis's bodyguards and like karate instructors too oh crazy fun fact yeah fun fact but basically he has his system right this was shoot maybe 60s 70s and then, right, you get your – it's, I guess, somewhat similar to jiu-jitsu in a point where, like, then you get your – you have your black belt students, right? They can stay with you, teach your system, or they can branch off. Mm-hmm. And then if they branch off, right, you can teach their system. Like, if you want to stay connected under their their name, you have to teach what they teach. You can break off and do your own thing, and it kind of just trickles down. So, like, it was, like, Ed Parker, but then he had a few of his black belts, and then my dad was under that. So he was, like, I guess third generation of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like any of it, like there's, you know, there's politics with it. Like, oh, you don't get, you shouldn't teach this and do this and do that. And so my dad's instructor, I believe, broke off. And then my dad broke off from that. Mm. And so, and you can kind of tweak it how you want. Some people, for the most part, a lot of our stuff is the same as like other American Kempo schools. But most American Kempo schools are just the traditional stuff where like we added in, you know, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, all within our system just so so our students can be a little more well-rounded with everything. So it's like yes and no. Like there is kind of a governing body, but it's also there isn't one because, you know, a lot of it's – a lot of it too is just like ego. You know, people are like, I want to teach my own thing or you shouldn't be allowed to teach this. And like this is my – you know, mm-hmm. which is very common in our world, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. All right. So just recently you had your first – well, I guess you're in the karate combat now. Tell us about your yes. experience getting into karate combat, your fights, all, all that stuff. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That was, I mean, when did when did we meet Arturo? Was that like 20, 2021? Yeah, probably. That's about it. Right. Okay. So I just started to take over, not take over, but like run the boxing programs and all that at, at my family's place, and because this is like right after COVID, right? I, there was nothing else for me to do, and that's actually COVID is what got me back into actually like being at the gym full time just because there was nothing to do. Right. And so, so, but I was, I was coaching, like trying to get, you know, just get boxing people in members in and all that. And I was like, you know, I would love to have a boxing team or some sort of competitive team right at the gym. I would love to get out there and like, you know, coach and do all that. And as I was doing this, I was like, man, I haven't, you know, right. I haven't competed in eight, nine years at this time. Oh wow! And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I, I should go I was like, you know, and I was like, I'll do something real small just to kind of, you know, A, just so like, you know, the guys that I train, they can see me be like, hey, like, all right, our coach is willing to get after it and, and push, trying to, you know, lead by example. So I did what was, it was a semi-contact, like kickbox or semi-contact Muay Thai that they kind of do around the country. Basically, it's just like a hard sparring session, but I was like, you know, like, let me do that. Like, you know, that would be cool. And I'll sign, a couple of my guys signed up. One of them was Omar, which you guys, you guys, Riyadh. Oh, right on. Yeah, Omar's mm-hmm. one of my 
original teenagers. And so, you know, so we we're all like training together for it, which was cool. And I was like, it was a fun experience. And then, so I go do that, right? This was November of 21 and, oh no. Yeah, I think so. November 21. And I, I fight in that. Omar fought in that. Omar, Omar won his fight. That was a super cool moment. And then I won mine and it was like, all right, I mean, like, that was fun. Like got the nerve, like, Ooh, you know, got the juices flowing again. And I was like, you know, let me do another one. Right. And I was like, so I signed up for one and it was Jane. It was a couple months later, like January of 2022, same thing, same rules, semi-contact, nothing like crazy. I go do that. I win that fight. And I was like, all right, cool. Like I felt complete. I was like, got my guys saw it there, you know, got a couple cool little highlights and like, I'm retired. I go back to not competing basically started went back to coaching and everything during all this i ran into a good an old friend of ours who actually trained with us at our gym his name is carl gehart and he owns steel mma and fitness he's like he's like dominic cruz's striking coach now and he's got a bunch of just incredible fighters i messaged him, messaged him on instagram and i was like hey man like you know i'd love to like buy some pts and just get some like just get some work in like i just wanted to train like i zero and i even told him he even asked me he's like he's like do you want to fight have fun. I was like, I just want to train, have fun. Like, I don't want to fight, you know, <laughs> like I just want to train. And he's like, all right, cool. So, you know, we just basically were doing PTs, pad work, all this stuff, having a great time. A few months into it, he go, he's like, Hey, if you ever want to spar, like, you know, we'd love to have you here. And I was kind of like, I don't really know. Like, you know, okay, what the heck I go and I spar, I do pretty well, you know, come to find out some of the guys I went against were like very high level fighters like pro fighters. And I didn't know this at the time, but Carl was like, dude, like you, you did pretty good. And I was like, oh, cool. So I went back to sparring again the next week. You know, I did pretty well. I was having fun. You know, it was just like, it was kind of nice to just like be pushed, right? I, I haven't really been pushing forever because I, I I didn't give myself the the chance to get pushed in anything either. You know, I kind of was just hiding back. And and that's kind of where it started, where I was just like, okay. And Carl was like, hey, man, if you ever like, want, like do you want to have a fight? And I was like, I was like, I feel like I should, you know? <laughs> you know? I feel like I should have like one like real full contact Muay Thai fight. And he's like, all right. And and little background on this, for me not competing for those eight or nine years, a lot of it was like like I dealt with like a lot of like fear of putting myself out there and a lot of fear of of just I guess losing really and fear of like like fighting is hard and it hurts. And I had I had fear of that. And a lot of it too is because like the you know, like the people that I knew had like the really bad the real serious health issues. And so like, that's what kept me out of it for so long, which is like, I was just kind of, I was literally just like afraid of a lot of it. And I kind of ran away from it. And so for me, it was like a big moment where I was just like, you know what, like, like, you know, when you're supposed to do something, like, you, you know, you have to do it, but you just don't want to. Yeah. That's how I Every felt day. with the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like waking up. Yeah. Yeah. So hundred percent. And so I just like had this like honest conversation with myself. Where I was like, man, you like, you need to do this, right? Like. You, you can't hide behind this wall, right? Like fear is normal, right? It's okay to feel that. But what you do with it is, is right. Is what kind of dictates the kind of person we are or become. And so I told him, I was like, you know, let's do it. Let's have a Muay Thai fight. So it was scheduled to be October of 2022, which training for it was awesome. And then it got called off like two days before. Ugh. So I was like, ah, dang, you know, so I remember I was, that. You know, we're, we're, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I was bummed about it, but also I was like kind of relieved because I was like I'm scared, <laughs> you know, once again. And then just with my schedule with the running the gym, it was hard. Like, you know, it was like this stuff happens a lot, right? People just pull out last minute or whatever. And so we were like, well, how about let's sign up for a tournament? That way you're guaranteed one fight. Like it, the whole thing was just to get one fight. That was it. So we signed up for a tournament in Arizona 
April of 2023. So this, you know, this past year. In the meantime, I become good friends with this. I think you guys interviewed him, Rob Ingram, McDojo. Yep, McDojo Life. Uh, yeah. So who, thanks to you yeah. and your family, we were able to talk to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rob, oh, I love that guy. He's so cool. He's been. I'll tell you in a sec, but he's he's been he's a huge reason why I'm able to get to karate combat. But you know, I and this whole time, right? I mean, me, me and you, Arturo, we talked about the karate combat stuff for probably since we first met. Like, man, it's such yep. a cool league. I love all this it. stuff. Yep. Like, we're like, dude, that'd be so cool to be a part of, right? So I always watched it. I was a fan of it. Rob was at an event, I think last March. It was like a month before my fight or weeks before my fight, and at a karate combat event. And I mentioned him. I was like, dude, like that'd be so sick to fight in that one day. Totally joking. Like I had zero intentions of like I'm actually gonna fight in it, you know. And he's like, oh, he's like, you know, I'll uh, I'll put your name in. And I was like, okay, like not thinking he's serious. He leaves me a message like that night, and he's like, dude, he's like, hey, I was talking to the head matchmaker, one of the executives for karate combat. I told them about you and they're following you and they're gonna follow you on Instagram. Like make sure you message them. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I have yet to even have a real fight yet. Like, you know, just I'm like, this is, this is a little nuts on my way to my fight in Arizona. I FaceTimed the head matchmaker and he was like, Hey, he's like, we have a, we have a card in May. We have a card in June. Are you open for those? I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I just said yes to everything. Even if I wasn't, I was like, yeah, I'll make it work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, well, you know, he's like, we'll, we'll be reaching out to you. Well, whatever. So I'll, that was like literally as I was driving to my fight in Arizona is when we talked. I have my fight in Arizona, my Muay Thai fight. I win that. May comes along, the fight card, they don't reach out. And then it gets, they were probably like three weeks away from the June card. And I still haven't heard anything. And I told Carl and I, we're, we're talking, I was like, you know, like, He's like, you know, let's just train just in case. You never know, right? Just train. Let's just be, let's just get ready just in case. Thank thank goodness we did because about a week and a half before the June card, they announced their amateur tournament series called the Kumite. Rob McDojo, he messaged me and was like, hey, you should just, you, you should apply to this. And I was like, all right, what the heck, you know? So I applied to it. This is, this is all within like two weeks. It's crazy. They post a video for it. I sent my application. They reached out a couple of days after that and were like, hey, we love, you know, we loved your video, blah, blah, blah. They're like, here are the details. Like, it's going to be in Miami next weekend. You have to buy your ticket. You have to buy your hotel. We'll give you a discount hotel room. You know, it's same day weigh-in. This is the rule sets. Can you make it? And once again, I just said yes to everything. I was like, yes, yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll be there 100%. Like, trying to make it as easy as possible for them to where it's like not second-guessing anything. And then they don't even make it official till like six, like the week of, like six days before I'm supposed to leave or fight is when they're like, okay, it's official now. And it's like, okay. And then, so bought, bought our tickets to Miami, got the hotel, started to figure out weights, especially same day weigh in. And then, so I was fighting the karate combat Kumite, the first ever one that they did, you know, then that was just the craziest, but coolest experience, you know, fly out there Friday. We got to watch the karate combat card that Saturday night. And then that night after the fights, like was in the hotel room, like cutting weight. And then Sunday was just wake up and go, wake up. We weighed in. We did like our interviews, photo shoots, all this stuff. It was a four man bracket. And so basically similar karate combat rules. They changed a couple of things just to like avoid of certain injuries. They didn't even let us like go in the pit until like our first fight. Wow. And so like we didn't, get, we didn't even see the pit until it was like, Hey, you're up, you're ready to, you're up to fight. And so I, had two fights i won both of those and basically it was like if you win the tournament you win a contract with them the pro, a pro contract um so i had the two fights i won both of those 
And that was pretty crazy. Even even at that point, I was like, mm, there's no way I'm going to be a pro fighter. Like, <laughs> like I'm not sure about this. <laughs> and, uh, that was in late June. They came, All the videos in the series, the YouTube series came out in August. And that was that was really cool because I got to like, that was my first time seeing the fights too. I never saw, I didn't see the fight. We did the fights. I didn't see any video of it until the fights aired. So I got to like, we had like a walk at our gym and so i got to like experience that with like a bunch of like friends and family i mean a lot of, some people knew but a lot of people didn't like we weren't allowed to tell people really yeah except for arturo i messaged him i think that <laughs> night i had I, I had a message him i was like he knows he needs to know yep. and so like and that was just it was just nuts like everything happens so quickly right to, from a, a muay thai fight that fell through to a muay thai fight to like maybe we should train just in case and then like Oh hey, you're fight you're fighting in Miami, and then hey, you won. You're a pro fighter now, and then that, yeah. So that August is when everything came out. That was really cool, and then I officially signed the contract. I think in like October, and then one of the guys in the Karate Combat, he very respectfully called me out on Instagram to fight. And that's the guy I ended up fighting on the Karate Combat card in Vegas, and that was I knew I wanted to be on that card just because just especially because. It was the biggest card that they had, they had had, you know, with yeah. with Pettis and Henderson and Raymond Daniels and Ross Levine, you know, then Shinzo Machida, like mm-hmm. all these guys that were just kind of like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm still just this little five year old running around the gym, and you got here a card I am. with them, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm opening the card, you know, and it's that was that was, you know, when you have like those moments in your lives where you kind of like you sit back and you just like watch, you take it all in, you're kind of like. I may have great moments like this again, but it will never be this moment. That's kind of what the whole weekend felt like where just for how everything to play out the way it did, you know, I got to have like for the first time. And I think in years, my, my dad, my mom, like, so my parents, they split when I was in high school and I got, and then like my brother, Josh lived in Texas for years. My sister, Jess lived in DC for years. So we we're always missing each other. We were never together as a family physically. And so for that, that fight, like, my both my parents there all four of my siblings were there for the first time like together in i think honestly maybe like a decade and like that was that was so cool like there was no other way to explain that and then you know i got to have, got that my brother in the corner you know some of my best friends came out people coming from different states they all came in and expect, especially for that to be my first pro fight and to do it somewhat close to San Diego where, you know, Vegas isn't, isn't too far. So if you were able to come out and on the card that it was on, just like I can, you know, I can never have that again. You know, like even if, you know, whatever future fight cards I'm on, future fights I win, it's like for the first one with everybody there, like everybody won that night. Like it was just such a rad moment. Yeah, I can see that. And imagine their feeling too, just seeing like, you know, you were kind of like their golden child almost. Like just seeing that all come to fruition is pretty sick. Like just the lifetime yeah. of like a family's work too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and like I've, I've felt it too, like, you know, right? they always say like when you're doing, like you're fighting, right? Like you got to remember like your why. Like, like what is the motivation getting you there? And for me, the biggest thing was just like, I mean, obviously my family, but like, the people of the gym and like everyone who's supported me and my family for years and years and years to where like, you know, I'm a product of all those people. I'm a product mm-hmm. of my teammates. I'm a product of my coaches. I'm a product of just everything. And, you know, they got to see that product out there and know that like, you know, 
cut these like 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 hey I'm 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 not doing this because I can do this. I'm doing this because you guys got me here, you know? And so I think for every for everybody, they were just like, you know, they all it was for everyone's it was all their first pro fight too. Mm-hmm. You know That's wonderful. So, I I wish I made my father proud. So I, I've, <laughs> ne- I've never experienced what you've experienced. I, I, I like I would uh, just spit my water out everywhere. <laughs> Noob's dad is so funny, dude. He's like, I, I oh, like, why can't you uh, be I like, like him? <laughs> I like how you're like, everybody was a winner that night, except the person you beat, bro. Like, except you know, like, beat, somebody yeah. else's family was there. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that side. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, because you seem like yeah. such a, a nice guy, too. And when you were his talking whole family, about this- man, I've learned I've learned something from each of his family members that I've encountered, man. They teach it that. They live this life, man. It's great. Do they have the same like push as you? Because like when you were talking about the sparring, you almost like fell into it and you didn't know how good the people you were sparring with. Right. And so like some of these things kind of came like they flowed well. Like did your family or other coaches like do you respond better to like tough love and push or no? Like do you need things to be like a little bit, you know, on your own terms? Yeah, I think it's a I kind of need the tough love with it. I mean, obviously it depends on situations, but you know, I think in order for me to have gotten to the pro fight and the karate combat stuff, it all, it had to happen the way it did because I'm very big on like, especially now that I've like, you know, like I, I know I'm not old, but like, you know, I've been in the martial arts world for a good amount of time. Like it, it, a big reason why like I stopped competing was like, it stopped right. You know, I developed like this fear of a lot of things, but I like, I stopped being fun. Right. I mean, we hear that all the time with like people are doing things for a long time. It's like, man, it's just, it's just not fun anymore. And I'm a very fun person. So like if if I'm not having fun, then I'm then I don't feel myself. And I feel very like lost and confused. And in the way it happened with kind of falling into things, like like that was it was fun. It, it, there, I wasn't forced to do any of it. And then I kind of realized my role in all this, you know, with like being a good example for, you know, my you know, the the people I coach and and, and all that. But definitely at times, yeah, I need that tough love because it's um uh, you know, like it's, I got to remember that like, it's like, none of this is given to me still, even though it was kind of flowed the way it did, I still had to put in the work, right. And still had to go do the fights, still had to, you know, we still did all of that. And that's something where it's like, you know, like, Hey man, like you need to be at training right now. Like, what are you doing? Right. It's not just going to, Oh, like the, 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 the job isn't finished. And so I do personally, I like, I like the tough love at times where it's just like, you know, kind of lights a fire under your ass, which is what you need or what I, what I need at times. Cause I feel like it's very easy for, for me to kind of just rely on just like the abilities I have mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to like further those abilities and those skills and, and all that. Right. Like it's, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a mixture, you know, sure. I, I do, but it, it just, at the end of the day, it does have to be fun though. Like that's, that's what I like. It's really it's so important for me to where like I, it, it could be a serious training session I'm still going to crack jokes. I'm still going to dance stupidly to songs. Like I'm still going to be a goof because that's just who I am. When I'm doing that, that's how I know I'm in, I'm in a good headspace. When I'm not, and I'm just like in my head, I'm not doing that. And I'm not mm-hmm. myself. And, and right. Like you, you, you can't, you can't feel that, that tension and expect yourself to be, you know, the best or be your best mm-hmm. basically. So to add on to that, if somebody challenged you in karate combat, would you rather them 
like what would motivate you better like them being a dick to you like you know like or them being just friendly kind of with your same personality and then you fight like do you um, need a little bit of animosity no i don't think so i mean because the, like the last guy i fought he was super like he was very nice like you know he's like he's like, hey man i would love to fight you i think it'd be great it'd be, it'd be an honor and this stuff and i was like yeah, cool that'd be great like you know, I see other people that are like, right. You know, we see a lot of these people that are out there and saying, calling people names and doing this and doing that. I mean, I wish more people would just be themselves, but for me, it's like, they can be crazy. They could be nice. They could be a mixture of both. I'm still just going to be myself, which is the most important thing to me um, is, is that, you know, if somebody wants to get crazy and start throwing insults at me, then it's like, all right, they obviously have some have some internal issues that they got to figure out. You know, would that would that make me a little more motivated? Yeah, sure, probably. You know, okay. Even with the with the last guy, uh, Damien, like he was super nice, and in my head, it's like, no, I'm the nicer one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'll I'll find ways to make him more more motivating. You know, like like the guy he was from L.A. and I'm from San Diego, right? Like SD and L.A. we're not like fans of each other. And I'm like, I'm a big Padres fan. So I like, I hate the Dodgers with, with a passion. So like my biggest motive. So I like, I like made it up in my head that he was like a diehard Dodgers fan. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to lose to a Dodgers fan. To the point where like I walked to the point where I walked out to my fight in a Padre jersey. Oh, mm. sick. I was like, nah, dude, I'm SD right here. Like, I didn't care. If, I don't even know if he watches baseball. <laughs> I just, I just made it up in my head that I was like, like, I, you know, so. You know, it, it, I guess it just, you know, it's all motivating. The, what's mm -hmm. motivating is just going out there and doing my best. And that's what I have to, like, remind myself. And that's what, like, keeps me, like, rooted. Because once you start to play that emotional game, things get to, start to get a little bit more out of control for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I take pride in my, my level of just kind of being, mm -hmm. like, if I feel like I'm in danger in a fight, I'm just, if I feel like I'm doing good, I'm just, if I'm, you know. Like just, I take pride in, in my ability to do that. So um, that doesn't just happen in the fight. It happens in the pro, it happens in the post fight. It happens in training. It happens, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll have times where I let I let all the emotions out, but you know, I I practice that in training too. It is like, don't let it get to you. It happens, right? Like if you get hit hard, it's not like it's you know you can't just like break down and be like oh like oh what do I no you have to be like acknowledge it, move forward. So that's what I try. I try to do that the best, the best I can. Now, do you think karate combat was the perfect spot for you, or what? Definitely, because I can utilize all my stand-up skills. I can utilize my wrestling, and I don't have to do jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, so for those that aren't familiar, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I really like karate combat's rule set. There's things I'm sure that that can be improved, and I think even your new president is looking to add some things and we can get into that. But yeah, you want to familiarize our listeners that may not know karate combat's rule set, what might be different yeah. than MMA versus kickboxing or whatever. Yeah. 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 I know the rule set's pretty confusing to people who don't like truly, truly follow it, but so it's MMA gloves, four ounce gloves, like what they wear in the UFC. It used to be six ounce, but they just switched to four ounce last couple of events. We uh, boxing, right? Normal punch, wherever, uh, kicks, you can kick anywhere, but between your knee and your hip. So no thigh kicks. Uh, it's heavy, like calf kicks and then like body and head kicks. So that one's a little strange for some people, but I like it. You know, it, it makes it. Yeah. Why makes no, it, why no thigh kicks? I think 
I think part of it was trying to limit like, you know, so like karate style naturally, we're very, we're very sideways and you're not allowed to kick the leg. I mean, at least in like the point fighting karate, like a point fighting, you're not allowed to kick the legs at all, right? Like traditional like Shotokan, you can kick the legs, but they have like a heavier stance, it's a different style of fighting. But I think a lot of it was like limiting, like you couldn't just bring a tie fighter in. Yeah. Cause and they, they would, they would just, start, advantage they of would that just take advantage of legs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so I think it's partly that, partly like, let's be a little bit different. I do know, like, in our in our system at least, like we have a lot of like leg sweeps, which are kind of hidden within calf kicks. We do a lot of that for to break in balance and and that kind of stuff. So I know that's like comes from like traditional karate. So none of that you can you can knee, but only from the open. So you can't clinch a knee. Like I can't grab you and pull you down mm. into a knee. I can clinch and hold on to you, but if I throw a knee, I have to like basically like let go type thing. So that's an interesting one. And then wrestling wise, you can do you can do most wrestling takedowns and throws, like judo throws and sweeps. You can't do any like suplexes. So nothing like where you go over the head like that. I mean you could do certain throws where your feet will fly over. You can do trips. You can't just like go in there and just like double leg people. Like if you're if you're if you're doing a takedown, grabbing the like the legs, like you have to have like one arm has to be like on the leg, the other arm would have to be like around the hip. So I think part of that is trying to limit, like, once again, like just having, like, if you just have a wrestler, they would just come in, you know, one, two set up and just shoot it on everybody. Right. You know, and then when you get taken down to the ground, uh, you get five seconds of ground and pound before they stand you back up, which that might be changing. So we'll see. But, and then when you are on top of a person ground and pounding them, you are only, once you have both knees go to the ground, automatic standard. That means you're both grounded. So one person can be grounded. The other person can't like fully be like, you can't just mount someone and start beating the crap out of them. Yeah. Where um, do you think they're going to go with the grounded pound? Do you think they're going to extend the five seconds or eliminate? Yeah. It? Yeah. I think they're talking about wanting to, cause like what happens is you get taken down and people just hold on and then, Oh, five seconds. They get back up. Yeah. Or they're kind of using it as a, as a tool to get, to avoid getting hit where they want to change it to where, you can stay you can keep doing ground and pound as long as the as long as you're still throwing strikes the second the action stops they will stand you back up okay yeah, yeah so Which, karate comet has a new president and i forget his name the goat shed guy yeah his I, name I, escapes I, I me right now I've yes seen. okay he's my president awesome right and he's he's pretty nuts and, and i mean nuts in the best way possible i i enjoy him yeah. i think he's very entertaining he's crazy he's a jolt of energy for sure yeah. And yeah, he's been talking about changing this rule set or this rule where like, he's like, yeah, I don't want a guy to just fetal up. And he's like, just, you know, protecting himself for five seconds and he's rewarded by being stood up. So he's like, I think it should continue and that shouldn't yeah. be like a defensive tactic. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I, I hadn't really considered that, but like, I, I that's a strong argument. Yeah. I mean, I remember like when I got taken down in my fight, I didn't like necessarily fetal up, but I was definitely like, protecting my my intention wasn't to get back, get back to my feet. Mm-hmm. It was, it was be enough in a safety position to where you don't take serious damage and you get back up. Right. So obviously, if that's if the rule change does happen, then like my 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 intentions would be different if I got taken down again. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, and oh, so and we I, forgot to mention uh, the the biggest thing about karate combat. I or one of the biggest things is the pit. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the that's the number one, <laughs> the the number coolest... one thing I think of. The coolest yeah. arena in which you can fight, I think. Yeah, that the pit wall is it's crazy. I love it. I mean, it's like uh, my mom said it. Uh, 
a while back when she uh, saw me like practicing because we, we built a pit wall at my at my dad's place. The, That's right. You got uh, the only one that I know of that anyone's yeah. training in. And uh, it was cool because I would just like run and jump off of it. Like, and just like, <laughs> once again, right, just having fun. Like, just it's nothing serious. Not like, okay, I want to do this combo and do this. It's like, just be comfortable, feel, feel loose. And my mom was like, she's like, you were, you were just running off the walls when you were a little kid. Like, it's the same thing, you know? So, uh, but yeah, the pit wall is totally different where if you take, like if somebody falls back onto the wall and they're, they're basically sitting on the wall, that's not considered grounded. So it's like full rules still apply head kicks. There's, there's no countdown. You can do, you can jump off the wall. You can hit them. Uh, um, and you know, crazy. I've seen people throw like ax kicks and stuff when people are like there, like oh, it's pretty yeah. nuts. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> be, being back against the wall. Having the in the Kumite fight, my, the first time I fell back on it, and I bounced off. I remember that moment. I was like, "Oh crap!" Like I don't want to be there. Like that's <laughs> that's just terrifying. Like so, yeah. I'm fortunate that we had the wall built because you know I got to use it and play with it. And then obviously I used it in my fight towards the end of it when I like I jumped off and Superman punched the guy, and then I stood on it and I side kicked the guy to the ground. Um, yeah, the, the walls. I I think I think it's going to be like when people started teaching cage wrestling yeah like wall fighting is going to be a, a a whole skill to where people are like it's not it's not just wrestling against the cage like there are things you do different against the cage mm-hmm. you know and i feel like what the wall is going to become where it's going to be you know i feel like i have i'm in a position where i can kind of almost be like a i don't know i don't want to say like pioneer but like somebody who can influence a lot of future wall fighting yeah um, so jordan's springboarding off the wall and nailing all these shots he's got spinning back fast superman punch the kick I, i'm like this guy's one fight into his pro contract and just using the wall like he's and it's funny too because he's doing it on the card where like you know anthony pettis had like that wall oh. kick you know like it's just so crazy and yeah. you know and now here we go we got like jordan doing it on the same card as him i'm just like this is so funny to me like this is so crazy watching this all happen and yeah i, I love the pit because i think it's the cage a lot of times is where the fight stalls. Mm-hmm. But in the pit, the pit is such like, if you're falling on that wall, it's such a disadvantage that I feel like it forces people into the middle and forces that contact. Like in, in MMA and in UFC specifically, in other caged MMA, rope MMA is different, but like in caged MMA, a lot of times it goes to the fence, it's stalling out, where it never really seems to stall on the wall. Like that's the finish. And so it incentivizes mm-hmm. people to stay in the middle yeah. and cage more. So I'm like, yeah. to me, I'm like, that setting is perfect for me. I love it. I don't care what the combat yeah. sport is. That setting, to me, feels like the best setting for every yeah. combat sport. And it's, and it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, you're right, Arturo. And just another thing, I think it's aesthetically more pleasing. It is. With the cage, yeah. that's what you I was can't just about really to say. see yeah. through the cage. Then you got to see above the cage. So now you're yep. kind of like looking at these players where I'm eye level with you when I'm watching the karate combat. And there's no yeah. nothing blocking the view. Yeah, yeah I also you're, like you're seeing. I also like seeing like GSP boss rune, like all the commentators, like right there. Mm. Like, like not only like I imagine you see them as fighters and stuff too, which I'm probably wild. Yes. But like, I don't know, they're just <laughs> clear. Like when you're watching, you don't see like clear. DC and, and Joe until like the camera like goes there. Yeah, like, you don't even know where they're panning at. out <laughs> on the on the pit. Like you just see them there. Like, I don't know. It just it feels like they're in yeah. it. They're, they're there. One hundred percent. You like you watch the events. And you see the reaction from people, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like you, they don't, they don't have to pan out to a, a crowd shot mm-hmm. to see the crowd. 
like you're watching the fight and you see all the people because people are like hanging on the wall just watching like mm-hmm. like it's uh it's such a cool moment like where you know like i'm finding out even after the fight when i'm like walking looking around and you're just kind of like you can you can see everybody like i had a there's a moment at the end of, or after the fight where you know the ref is like calling us out to you know raise our hands and you kind of see it you can see it in the video but like you see me kind of like point to the side i'm like and then he raised my hand and it was the actor michael j white oh yeah oh really yeah and he was like he was like he was like next to like my brother and he was just there watching you know and i had just the ultimate fangirl moment where, <laughs> like like the ref has my hand right and it was mark goddard which is like oh, that's cool yeah. mark goddard the ref like this is sick yeah, cool. and i remember looking i'm like oh my god michael j white he looked at me like waved at me and then the ref raised my hand and i was like oh i won like, <laughs> like, like total moment where it's like but like you can see that you know and then you see like a bunch of other celebrities that were there and like they are right there and they can hear it they can feel it you know like they're they're not more than 10 feet away from you at any time, you know, and the same thing with like the the commentators, like, you know, you can you can I can hear GSP talking while we're fighting, you know, like it was just the, the whole environment of it is just it's so freaking rad. Like, I don't know about you, but Bloodsport is definitely in my top ten favorite movies of oh, all time, and it has to everything be. about karate combat gives me that Bloodsport feel, like like the arena, and then just the fact that like. Y'all are wearing pants with the belts, which I think is like the dopest look yeah. too. Like, I don't know. I, I love that shit. I, I wish yeah. you can do that in UFC. <laughs> we had the 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 announcer for the fights that night. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. I didn't know this until after, but he's the voice of Mortal Kombat. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that's what I like about karate combat. Like there's this nostalgia because karate also has a, like a, a negative connotation, right? Like some people think absolutely, of it as like money, like yeah. like dojo stuff. But then you have like the Leota Machitas and the Wonder Boys. And then like, then you research a little bit further and like, that's what GSP started with. That's what Robert Whitaker started with. And then, yeah, right? It, it, and even yeah, though that absolutely. might not be their primary, like that's what everybody started with. Like I started with Taekwondo. Like, and so in my head, I forget that sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, yeah but now you have the karate combat and now everyone's like, oh, and these guys are actually killers? Like, oh yeah, now they're showing the yeah. best of it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like it's, right, like karate was the thing, right? In the 70s and the 80s, right? And then, right, UFC 1 came out and then it started becoming like gi jiu-jitsu, right? And then eventually MMA or boxing, kickboxing, right? And then because karate wasn't necessarily a full contact thing anymore, everyone just kind of like threw it to the side. Like, uh, it's like, they're not, like, they're not scary. They're not good fighters. They fight weird and they do this kind of weird crap. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's like any, I mean, any martial arts, but like specifically karate, like, because, you know, we do wear like karate uniforms and we do have belts and naturally people who are just do karate are just really freaking weird. And so like that doesn't <laughs> help, you know? And so like, you just kind of get like these, like, yeah, like this image of karate is just kind of like. These people are just like weirdos, like they're nerds and, you know, they do all this chi and ooh, sad, yeah. like, you know, like that's kind of where it was going with it. And then, you know, like with like Leoto, like Leoto is like one of my favorites just because he was a karate guy. Like, you know, like we, we latch on hard to those guys, like Wonder Boy, latch on hard. Mm-hmm. GSP is my favorite fighter, which just latch on hard because it's like, you know, you know, you know, they do what you do and you, can, and you know that and they're respectful the whole time. They're good people like they're not going down this other 
rat or this other rabbit hole of just like being totally different characters. Like they are who they are, and that's like that's so big with karate. Right? It's like who we are, you know, honor, the loyalty, just the the the, the art of it. Um, and so with karate combat, uh, I saw someone with a hat at the fight that said making karate cool again. Yeah, cool. And and I was just kind of like, hell yeah, like it is, you know, like there are badass karate people out there. You just have to give them a platform to, to shine. Mm-hmm. And that's what karate combat's doing. Yeah, it's it's making karate cool again, but I also think it's pushing the sport because me and Arturo always talk about jujitsu sometimes where we're like, oh, it's becoming too much of a sport, right? And I think that's like just uh, the level of economics and capitalism and anything. Like yeah. now there's money to be made, so let's be safer. So let's focus on the, what'd you say, like the, the cheese stuff instead of like the kicking in the face stuff because you'll lose. Yeah. Like one yeah. kid... One kid stops coming to your class in that's fifteen hundred dollars, right, for the year. Or yeah. and then that's like ten thousand dollars for like five years. And I'm sure that's what a lot of gym owners are thinking instead of like, Absolutely. oh, let me make sure they can defend themselves at night. Absolutely. And that's yeah, that, that definitely took away a lot from from karate. A lot of those a lot of those karate school chains, the ones that became chains or franchises are the ones where they kind of just, you lose the you lose the art, right? It's it's like uh I mean it's like anything, right? Like when there's one, when there's like one, one place, it's authentic. It's the best. Has everything. And then the second they start to open up, second one, and then a third one, and then a fourth one, everything starts to get watered down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly I think that's what happened a lot of the places where we've been fortunate enough to only have one school. So it's like we, it's always been us, same ingredients the whole time. You know, and and yeah, I I'm just super grateful that karate combat's a thing because honestly, I don't I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm fighting at all if there isn't karate combat because it was even like talking to Arturo about it like years ago, it was just kind of like, it was exciting. And we probably talked about that more than we did anything else. So we weren't talking like too much UFC stuff. We would, but like, like, Ooh, karate combat. Like this is new. Like, you know, it's the new, it's the new hot young girl. You're just kind of like, all right, how you doing? You know, (laughs) right. It's kind of intriguing. You're kind of, all right. And so, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Well, it's got a new fan in me. Definitely a fan of oh, you. Like uh, I, I like the, the spirit, the mentality. Appreciate that. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any? You have any idea when you'll be fighting next? Um, not off the top of my head. I did. I did reach out and see if they had any dates for their April or May card. Okay. Um, they are, they do have a fight card. This is how crazy the fight league is. Their next fight card is it's in a couple weeks, January twenty sixth. It is going to be in the backyard of president awesome's mom's house there's like this giant oh, mansion I in miami i just saw that post yeah Wh- and like what rick, is that? rick what? ross like rick ross is like the special guest <laughs> <laughs> it's getting like, crazy this is what they call like real life celebrity death match yeah well like i said i i think he's going to i mean i i follow goat shed i i think those posts the things they do in sparring like that that team they're, is crazy but like crazy. in the most entertaining and best way and yeah. so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he does breathe combat. This guy loves it. And yeah, so it'll be interesting uh, to yeah. see how things pan out right now. Yeah, he's definitely, he's getting a lot of slack too from the traditionalists. Yes. You know, you know I was definitely, when I first heard about all of it, I was like, like that kind of sucks, you know? Uh-huh. But I do understand, I understand where he's trying to go. Like he's, he's trying to benefit us. Yes. He's like, his intentions are to help us and to help get it become bigger. Mm-hmm. you know and it's like anything with anything with change is always going to be a little hard to adjust to but mm-hmm. i i got to like actually like talk to him after my fight or the the next day like where he wasn't you know he didn't have to be that big persona 
Yeah. He's more himself with him and his and his wife. And, you know, he's like very nice, very nice. cool guy. And, and, he, and he's, you know, that's the thing, right? We all, we all forget, like, we're all human. And, and he, you know, you can hear it when he talks about certain things. It's just like, man, yeah, like, like, it sucks. Like, I'm trying to help everybody, you know? And he's like, he's like, you know, I get, I get why, but like, you know, my intentions are good, I promise, you know? And so, mm-hmm. nonetheless, it's still pretty crazy, the next fight card. But I do know that they're having, they said they're going to have 12 events this year oh, wow. uh, they're trying to go like one one every month yeah what he said what the president said was trying to do more international they have a couple planned for i think miami they have i think one plan for like brazil Ooh. they have one in the cayman islands they have i think trying to do like two i think in abu dhabi um mentioned i think one or two possibly in, in asia somewhere like i think i think he was saying like china just because they have connection out there i don't know so I trying to I would like to do April or May because that means I can get like a actual two month fight camping and it just helps it just you know I just want to I want to do it right you know and so I you know like and plus it's like travel wise like okay if it's in Abu Dhabi it's not like I can fly out there two days before the fight it's like I got to fly out there like a whole week or so in advance be out there for that a couple of days before I leave like you know so then in terms of like work. I'm like, okay, you know, like, oh, yeah. we still got a job, still got jobs, you still got rent to pay, you know, and so trying to figure that out, you know, like, I even, I even took a step back from, from my family's place to, to focus more on the training where I'm not really, I'm not involved in any like ownership type stuff anymore. It's just more of like, just kind of being a coach and which is easier for me. Cause I can, I can, I can really get to put the time in. So I'm hoping April or May, obviously they haven't messaged me back about the dates or location. But hey, I mean, if I can fight in Abu Dhabi, I'm probably going to say yes. That's just kind of cool, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. take, have you take, uh, take advantage? Have you thought about kicking your landlord's ass so you don't have to pay rent? <laughs> <laughs> just, I never understood that. Like the landlord goes to the MMA gym and is like, "Oh, you owe this." I'm like, "No, like, what are you going to do?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, hey. No, that's um, how it works. Yeah, I wish. Artura, we have to become like the official karate combat podcast or something get to the caymans or abu dhabi or something yeah i mean that'd be awesome yeah i I like what he's doing some of the stuff i read about like fighter analytics and biometrics and nutrition like i I think some of that stuff's like fascinating like using the ai to change the what the arena in the background may look like yeah it's silly but you gotta get people to watch so at least like they're trying something you know you have to I mean, what'd you feel it's, about uh, what was it? That NFL game that was Toy Story? Did you did you see that or dude, no? No, that was hilarious. Oh yeah, they did an NFL game where they used AI and changed all of the players to be like <laughs> Toy Story characters, and you see like Woody throwing for a first yeah. down and stuff, and like <laughs> it's the actual game. Like it's it was the craziest thing, and I'm like, is this bringing? I, I don't think for football that works to bring in more eyeballs. I'm like. I think football fans, I don't think Toy Story fans or Disney fans are like, whatever, yeah, like, oh, I'll tune into football now. But yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. for now, little now kids, about it. maybe little yeah, kids, maybe, I, like I, it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't it was kind of, yeah, that was kind of crazy. I, did you guys see the, what Craig Jones said? Cause he was at the fights. No, no. What did he say? Uh, you, have to, you have to like go on his page. I forgot exactly what he said, but he talked about his experience at the Friday combat. Oh, I think I did see something like this. And he just I, words it. He words it perfectly because it's like. He's like, dude, it was so strange and so weird, but it was amazing. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it was like, he's like, we were in like an 80s martial arts or 80s action film. He's like, cause it, you know, it was space theme. So like, 
you yeah. know, the, the, the CGI stuff in the back was like, we're, it was like, we we're on the moon and, you know, they had like some women that were like dressed up as like aliens were like out there, like twerking at some point and like throwing <laughs> t-shirts and like Craig Joe's like talked to me like, yeah, they were like a little thick, but you know, like cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess, like the whole thing was just crazy. Right. Like, you know, you have Craig Jones, you have Volkanovsky there, right? You have Michael Jai White, Sean O'Malley, Marab was there, Aljo was there. Wow. Uh, Sean Shelby was there. You had the 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 Jitsu brothers, the, the Meow brothers. Oh, yeah, the Meow races. brothers, yep. They were there, right? George St. Pierre, Boss were were commentating, right? Leo Machida, you had all the guys that were fighting. You had like Bilal Muhammad was there. You had, was Wonder Boy there? Uh, no, because he was fighting the next day. This was, he, oh, was this fighting, he was fighting Shafkat. You had like you had all these like crazy, just like oh, Dan Bilzerian was there. I saw him. That was oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why you're here, but like, cool. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and like, see, so like all these like crazy, like you know, in our world, celebrities, right? Yeah, awesome athletes. And then you got the voice of Mortal Kombat, and then you're fighting on the moon, and then you have like thick alien girls twerking, <laughs> and then. You have like, right? Anthony Pettis and Benson Henderson about the fight. Like, just like it's the whole experience is just nuts. It just sounds like a dream, actually, a dope dream. It's cool. <laughs> like, it's modern day blood sport. Yeah, dude. If I was going to invest in a, a new league, like, I think I would invest in the Karate Combat over one for some reason. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's younger and it has like more of a, and more potential to like start early. Mm-hmm. And they do like all the crypto stuff. So they're like yeah. very like, which is like, that's super, I don't know too much about it, but like, just like the fact that like, that's a big thing. Like they have their own coin or token mm-hmm. or something like that's super cool. And you can, you can bet on the fights. Like you get the, like the karate combat app and you get like, you can like buy the tokens, like any, any crypto thing. And you can bet on the fights. Like with our fights, they had like, you know, all the, all the odds, like who do you want to bet on? Blah, 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 blah. And so like, you know, like all the, I don't have like a crazy amount. I may have like a couple thousand coins, which is like, I don't know, maybe like five bucks. I don't know. But <laughs> like, you know, like I bet it all on myself and I was like, oh, sweet. I won. I won more coins, you know? And, oh, that's sick. Uh, like you can do all that. And, and we get like, if you, so you get to like watch the fights, but if you watch, like watch the fight and under the little bar, right, where it says our names, right? So-and-so versus so-and-so time. It has a little thing that says prize pool. And I'll have a number, and it's usually like a very high number, like millions, like four to ten to fifteen million, and that's how many like tokens people have bet on the fight. Sick! Oh wow! Prize pool, and we get paid. We get a little bit like when we have our normal like paycheck thing or or uh, or compensation fee, but we get ten percent of the total prize pool added to our pay. Oh, cool! So, so more people like the more people that bet on it, and if you win you get more money off of that. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. That's cool to know. And it's also, that's cool as a fan to have that too. Yeah. Dude, what's his face who we just interviewed a few weeks ago? He yeah, Ian this. Heinish. Ian Heinish. UFC fighter. And he's big in crypto. And yeah, he really? Talking, oh, yeah. And he was talking yeah. about how Karate Combat does that. And he said, like him and his friend have a podcast strictly on crypto. Like, I don't even think they talk about fighting. <laughs> like, it's all crypto stuff. <laughs> but he said, he's like, oh, I'm looking into, like, if I am going to fight again, like, I may want to do karate combat. And, like, that was well, part of his You let appeal. him know I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know a guy that can help. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That'll be fun to connect. 
Yeah, and it's like I think like like the the whole league is funded by a crypto group. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's like you know they're I don't know what the terminology for the names, but like the the money comes from a crypto group. Like so, yeah, it's cool. It's different, right? And then the fact that like you know we can make more money off of the off the betting, I think that's the coolest thing. Like you know, because like imagine like if UFC fighters like if that was the same thing for them. Like people bet right probably millions of dollars on fights, even like prelim fights. Yep. And if you were, if, if one of those fighters able to get even 5% of the money that was bet, yeah. like that could be life changing. Especially or just I mean, in general, they're, they're, they're not even allowed to bet on their own fights, which is like, yeah, yeah. They, to yeah, me, they that, that's crazy, but yeah, they're not even allowed to do that. But crypto gives you that, that yeah, potential. You could like, do that you could, and, dude, mm-hmm. I feel like it might even be 1%. The amount of gambling that's in this country right now, like part of me thinks it's like a little sick. Like it's like, almost like a little too much like every game and like i saw on oh, yeah. FanDuel yeah. today it's like every drive yeah. you could gamble so you could be like oh and the second drive of the like lions like did, did like it's there's, just yeah there's a prop so, for everything yep yeah it's like a right, little like, the, like the super bowl right it's like okay bet on if it's gonna be heads or tails yeah. bet on if the national anthem is gonna go over two minutes and whatever you know like but it it used to be just for the Super Bowl. Now it's for it's everything. Yeah, a Thursday night game, and then people wonder like, why did forty like why did twelve million people watch Jacksonville versus like I don't know fucking yeah. who's a yeah. bad team? And it's like it's all gambling money. Like otherwise nobody's yeah. watching that game. Yep. Yeah, I definitely think that like obviously I think fighters should be able to bet on themselves, but I think the I think fighters should be able to make money off of the people. Yeah that bet on them yeah right Agreed. like like th- these people are making whatever amount of dollars off of their win like i think the fighter should benefit from that which is like cool that party combat does that i mean it's not like a crazy amount because you know we're still growing and all that but mm-hmm. like i think that that should be allowed i don't know how they'd be able to maintain that because that's just way too much freaking money and i don't know enough about that but i think that would be sweet like if ufc fighters or bellator fighters or whatever whoever it was like they should get some little portion of that because that that could be you know life changing money. Yeah. I I think that's the beauty of crypto because everything else is like held close to the vest where they're not telling people exactly. And this is why people like Chael Sonnen annoy me because they'll talk about people in the beginning of the prelims being like, oh, they only deserve five thousand dollars because who's really watching them? But the reality yeah. is when they're on, there's still commercials playing, there's still sponsorship happening, and yep. there's millions of dollars being gambled on even prelim bullshit so like you can't yeah. just say they're not bringing value like they're bringing value and, and yeah. think about this too a lot of the prelim fights are you not i won't say a lot but most of the time are pretty one-sided like like once you get to a higher level everybody's good mm-hmm. so you don't you don't really know but like most of the prelim fights are like all right well this guy is clearly like the prospect this guy's clearly just a gatekeeper like you, you're mo- i feel like more people are probably betting on these fights at least more money than mm. the higher level fights because those are such a like toss up. And That's the interesting. odds are crazy. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. You're gonna see odds that are like you know minus three hundred or something as opposed to just like you know plus one ten or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know, which is so it's like all right, well, let's give those people a little bit more money, right? There's so you know, I understand the maybe they're not the 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 big draw, but sure, yeah. it may not sell out your gate. But there's still, again, there's advertisements during those fights. So like all of that stuff is money that they're definitely making a lot more than they're given. Yeah. And those prelim yeah. fighters will become 
better and then yeah everyone does start on the prelims Bucky. yeah that's what's so yeah. funny is like oh they're just prelim yeah. fighters like yo those prelim fighters become the main events you know <laughs> exactly and then they show those highlights from those prelim fights yeah or, or they yeah. show like that spinning back kick knockout that like joaquin buckley did like that had like a billion views across every yeah. right and so then yeah how much is that worth a billion views that's got to be worth like a million dollars and you probably paid him 20 grand for that fight yeah yep yep hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Hopefully a scene Zaid Zaidi. Did I say his name right? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. He's doing the right thing. I like what he's doing with that. At least like, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, only time, only time will tell, right. You know, this is, this is like this whole year is just make or break for him. And for probably, probably, probably a lot of karate combat stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like he, you know, he was brought in for one specific reason. Right. And that was to, blow it up and it's either going to happen i feel it's going to happen regardless but it's either going to be good or it's going to be like okay this is just a little too Mm -hmm. too showy so i'm optimistic about it you know i think having guys around like boss and gsp and stuff kind of give it that good feel and even like like i've seen like gsp talk about he's like oh that is a good rule set and then you like just seeing like gsp's uh, I don't know. It's like encouraging. He's like, oh, I love the fact that I can catch a kick and now take a guy down. There aren't that many striking rule sets that allow that, you know, like, yeah, it is cool to see that type of stuff. And like, oh, here's GSP, who's, you know, martial artist in every sense of the world, good at so many different things. And he really does truly enjoy genuinely karate combat. And it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You got to have those, especially like boss who's been there since like probably, I think around the beginning. Oh man. You know, and you know, him and GSP, they're so influential, like, in martial arts and all of it. So it's like, whatever their roles really are in karate combat, like, you know, when they talk, you listen. Mm-hmm. And side note, Boss Rune is probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. Yes. <laughs> I love Boss Rune. Mm-hmm. He is so funny. Like, in the fighter meeting that we had, like, this guy was racking jokes the whole time. Like, we got, like, so sidetracked, where he was just talking about, like, you know, like that's what she said jokes and <laughs> this and that and like and he's just it's just absolute just like character and it's like man you can totally crush my skull right now with your hand but <laughs> you're so funny he's uh, got to be a top five character personality in martial arts like everything just even unique, his, voice. His, his look his style his voice yeah like all the, every yeah, yeah uh-huh you recognize it like he just seems like a fair honest like funny dude yeah all those things like somebody's dad yeah (laughs) yeah 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 and he's he's like he's also super you know nice which is like you know right you all heard of like celebrity interactions we're just kind of like oh that person's kind of a dick like like he's just so nice you know like he, he even like messaged me on instagram like just after the fight and he's like you know great fight proud of you blah blah blah. that's awesome like the guy doesn't have to comment on any no. of my things mm-hmm. and he does. And it's like, that was like, you know, right to me, right. Nerding out. Dude, holy F that's still, that's boss rooting still, mm-hmm. you know, like at the end of the day, it's still boss rooting or like sometimes I'll, I'll rewatch my fight just to hear GSP say my name. That's <laughs> uh, like, this is such a cool moment. Like in my life, you know, just being a total nerd with all of it. Um, oh yeah. But as yeah, you I, should I, man life is yeah. short that's I, i'm glad that you're enjoying these like little things because i feel like that's what i would try to do like sometimes you have to be intense to be like an athlete but also it's like you made it to such a upper echelon already like enjoy it you know yeah yeah and 
it's like it's so different but it's so like it's feels like it's very it's it's kind of comforting because it's like right watching all the old 80s action martial arts movies and and you know like blood sport and kickboxer and like just all these things where it's like you nerd out on all these movies and these settings and and all that and then like you know to where like i go to these karate combat stuff and it's like i almost feel like at home because it's just like you know this is these are the people that i grew up with right we're all nerds here right it's like a, it's our it's our comic con like <laughs> you know we get to just like just nerd out see this person this person we get to fight we get to have fun we get to listen to the mortal combat voice you know like it's all stuff like my like in my like all of our childhoods where it's just kind of like it's all coming together in one mm-hmm. place and that is the that is like the the coolest experience because it's you know you can't get that anywhere else for sure how about people you're coaching i feel like people that you guys have coached are, are doing some cool things like for instance our one of our former guests omar Omar, my dude, winning MMA, epic fashion. How, how do you feel about Omar, man? I uh, dude, I'm I'm so proud of him. Um, yeah, I met him and he was like seventh or eighth grade when I was coaching was he, wrestling. Did he look like a man back then too? Because when I met him, I I couldn't believe his age. Yeah, he's been four, <laughs> he's been forty years old for ten years. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he had his little little pube mustache. Uh, <laughs> now he's got the full chin trap, so he's doing he's doing good. He's good though. I'm 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 happy for him. You know, he's training up at uh, Dan Hendo's gym, which was you know obviously I was bummed when he moved, but I was like, this is so much of a better fit for him in terms of just what he's going to get there. Yeah. You know, like I can teach him only so much with the stand up, like wrestling stuff, but like you know having like the right right. I mean, we all know this too, like the right training partners, the 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 different types of coaches, and you know just the 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 place to do it and the people to do it with. So I was very happy that he found that place and is up there crushing it. He messages me all the time still. Yeah. Asking me way too many questions, but uh, <laughs> so Omar. And, uh... <laughs> hey hey coach, what about this? Or you know, what kind of headgear should I get? I'm like, Omar, just just get a headgear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just get something that looks nice. I don't know. But he's doing good. He's fighting I think a month and a half. He yeah, just I think got he did just get a bite. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so I definitely plan on being there. I went to his first one. That nice. was really cool. I had to be there for that. I didn't, I didn't make the second one just because I was sick. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him. Like the the kid is, he works really hard and he's obsessed with it. He is. It, he is truly obsessed with it. And he's a big reason why like when I started coaching again, like a while back, I even got back into fighting because I was tired of him asking me questions about fighters that I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I need to get this kid off my back. And so I just like started watching fights again. And then I kind of fell in love with everything again. Mm-hmm. But it made the conversations a little bit easier with him. Yeah. But yeah, That's no, he's beautiful. doing great. Yeah. How, how can how can other people find you if they want to train under you or your family at the gym? So right now, I'm actually so I'm not even coaching at my family's place right now. There's been a little bit of transition. Just a lot of it mainly because of the fighting. I'm trying to have like right like a place where I can still coach enough to where I or coach but also be able to like train enough but then also still like be able to make like enough money to like afford bills so I'm actually working right now at 10th planet Oceanside oh. where GMR runs that gym AJ Matthews is there is the head like Muay Thai MMA coach Adam Crasher is like the head boxing coach so I'm there pretty much full-time for the most part but they've given me like the opportunity to be able to work like you know I can get like five days in of work don't have to be there 
12 hours a day, like at the Poway gym where I can go there, get my work in. And then they just have, and, and you know, I still get like a couple of days off where it's like, okay, I can get like my two days in, I get some sparring if I need a recovery day. They also just have like a crazy nice facility. They have like a sauna. They have a huge, huge place. The gym is huge. Oh, sick. You know, like really great, like weight equipment, strength and conditioning equipment, just a lot of stuff. So for me, just kind of like for where I'm at, I was like, man, I like, I just, I, I, I felt it in the preparation for the last fight. Like I, I felt like I got through this fight just because of the skills I had before, not so much of like my growth in the camp or, I mean, I definitely grew in the fight camp and, and all that, but definitely knew there was like, okay, there's, I got, there's more I got to do. And so basically just had to figure that out. You know, thankfully the, the owners of Ten Planet Oceanside were, you know, we, we've known them forever. And so they were very willing to help me out with that. And so if anybody wants to come train with me, that's where I'm at right now, Ten Planet Oceanside. And uh, yeah, my dad is, he's running, he's running the karate program back at our school. My brother, Josh, he actually is uh, one of the coaches at 10th Planet San Diego. So we're, we're uh, boogies at Richie Martinez. So my brother's there. So basically adding in or be, being a part of the, like the, the two 10th planets, at least it's, it's giving me opportunity to also get more like training in too, right? Different. Not that I, like my, my head coach is, is Carl, who's like I said, runs on steel MMA. He's my head coach regardless but being able to just at least get experience in with other guys like AJ Matthews, who's the head coach. He runs his programs, a thug, thug tie. I don't know if you've seen if his like, he does all those instructionals, but he's a great coach. He's a super cool guy. And like, we match really well. So like being able just to kind of have him around and, you know, give me his two cents on things. It's been nice. nice. So trying to branch out and, and, you know, at the end of the day, become the best martial artist I can be. So um, that's where I'm at right now. And, right. and I, I, I like it too. Tell everyone uh, your Instagram handle. Yeah, anything to reach out. Yeah, Instagram, Jordan L. Barker. I think I have a Twitter. I think it's just Jordan <laughs> Barker, 21. <laughs> Trying to get better at the social media stuff. That's what I was, one of the things they told us at Cardi Combat is be more active on all platforms. There you go. Uh, Twitter, TikTok. I have a TikTok. I think, it's, I think it's Coach Jordan Barker. Yeah, but Instagram is usually where I post most things. Jordan L. Barker. Pretty much anything fight related, life related, I I post it all up there. So, yeah, right on, right on. All right, anything else you want to plug or promote? Not too much. I mean, you know, if if anyone's in San Diego wants to come train, you know, message me, you know, or just link up or whatever it is. You know, I love martial arts and everything. So it's even if somebody just wants to talk about martial arts. It's always cool. You know, love to. You know, I I will say this to whoever is listening, and if they're not training. Get your ass back to training, first off. Okay, it's good for the soul. But yeah, you know, just to keep an eye on karate combat, keep out for the next fight. You know, and uh, I'll add something. Watch watch Arturo do some wrist locks. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to learn how to knock people around with a spinning back fist, Jordan's your guy, apparently. But also (laughs) the craziest side kicks, Jordan. (laughs) Jordan can hit you with a kick. When you're on the outside, in front of them, it doesn't matter where you are, a kick can come your way. So it's kind of like, was it that, that Chris Tucker in Rush Hour where he's like, who just yeah. hit him? <laughs> you know who hit him? Jordan. Jordan yeah. hit him, dude. I made, a, I made a shirt that says, spinning back fist, side kicks. The rest is all BS. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was like, no, you don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. I appreciate that. I love it. You sound like such a nice guy when you were saying just at the end, like, oh, if anybody's in the San Diego area, like part of me thought you were going to say, like, if you want to meet up to fight, by all means, <laughs> like, you know, just show up. 
but then you're like, no, go train, you know, go to the gym. But um, hey, I mean, it's right. Like martial arts has, I mean, you guys know this, and so you guys are in love with martial arts, you know, doing just from doing like a podcast like this, but it's like, it's life changing, right? Like it can get people out of the worst holes. It can get people to the best places. It's like whatever you're, wherever you're at in your life and all that, like, like the world needs more martial artists. Yeah. At the end of the day. 100%. And I think, I think we can all agree on that. Like it's even if 50% more of the world are doing martial arts, maybe 50% of the problems that are going on in the world aren't happening. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, I had a, you know, and so that's, you know, I've seen it, you know, I grew up doing it. So it's all I've ever known. And I know the effect has on me. And then mm-hmm. the effect that's, you know, I've seen, I've seen it happen with other people who maybe just started three months ago. It's like, yeah, it's life changing. Even if it's one boxing class or yep. one jiu class or, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of people, the hardest thing to do, right. Is that first class mm-hmm. step in that door. It's like, just do it. You won't know unless you do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone go train. It's good for you. Hundred percent. I love ending on that note, Jordan. Yep. Thank, dude, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. You're the man. We're gonna Thank make sure guys. everyone follows you. Karate combat, and we can't wait to see you next fight, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You guys are awesome. I love, I love listening to all your stuff. So uh, it was a pleasure, sure. man. Take care. Have a good Thank night, you. Jordan. Man, thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.